This is Fix It. I'm Nishan. And I'm Kevin. Today we're fixing antitrust regulation in the tech era with Tom Wheeler. Tom knows telecom. He served as the 31st chairman of the Federal Communications Commission during the Obama administration and reached that point after spending three decades in the industry. It's an industry he's seen from every angle. He was the managing director at Core Capital Partners, the CEO of the Shiloh Group, the president of the National Cable Television Association, and more. It comes as no surprise then that President Obama once called him the Bo Jackson of telecom. A fun fact, Wheeler received a unanimous support of the Senate on his way to becoming FCC commissioner. That's a stat you don't hear anymore these days. But today we're excited to have him on the show to talk about research he's been doing on antitrust, in particular, a recent article for the Brookings Institute. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Nishan. It's great to be with you. So antitrust regulation, Sherman Act, 1901, lots of big words, lots of old systems and laws. We've seen antitrust regulation have difficulty fitting into our new way of doing business, our new digital economy. It spans all the way back to the Sherman Act, the Clayton Act, but we haven't seen reforms that have caught up to the digital world. So can you tell us a little bit more about why our current approach to antitrust is antiquated? Well, you know, Kevin, I think there are probably a couple of answers to that. Um, One is that the digital marketplace operates differently from the industrial marketplace. You know, stop and think about the fact that the assets of the industrial era were hard assets. The assets of the digital era are soft assets, basically data that behaves very differently. And then you have the other reality that for the last 40 years since the Reagan administration, there has been an effort uh, labeled the Chicago School to change the way in which the Sherman Act and the Clayton Act are interpreted. The early concepts, you know, uh, Justice Brandeis is the champion that gets held up for for that, but the early concepts were, what's the impact on the competitive marketplace? And for the last 40 years, kind of a litmus test, particularly if you're going to be a Republican appointee to the court, any court, was whether or not you subscribe to the consumer welfare test, where you don't look at the welfare of the market, you look at the welfare of consumers, and you measure that by price. And, uh, you know, it's kind of bizarre in multiple ways. Number one, mergers should have synergies that should have an impact on price. And secondly, is that it is awful difficult in the internet era when so many things are, quote, free. You and I both know they really aren't, but are, quote, free. But the main measurement is price. And so we need to we need to take a look at updating the laws. I think this is what Congressman Cicilline is heading towards uh, as a result of the hearings he had a couple of weeks ago uh, in his House subcommittee and a report that he'll be putting out um, later this month. So, Tom, one of the topics we like to dive into is around the barriers to solving antitrust in the modern digital era. So can you talk to us a little bit about what has prevented regulations from being updated? What are, what are the key barriers that are keeping lawmakers and other parties from making our laws reflect the reality of our situation? Well, I think there are two things. 
one, you know, as Barack Obama said, elections have consequences. And we have been living for the last multiple years with, if not Republican Congress, at least uh, one house of Congress controlled by Republicans, which makes it hard to pass legislation such as this. And two, the enforcement of the antitrust laws becomes a matter of political philosophy. That's the word I was looking for. Bill Baer was the assistant attorney general for antitrust when I was chairman of the FCC. We worked together really closely. You know, we are the ones that, that together turned down the Comcast acquisition of Time Warner Cable. We told uh, Sprint and, and T-Mobile that we didn't look kindly on their merger. Uh, and it, it, it makes a big difference who's in the chair. So, you know, one of the things that, that people don't really think about when they vote for president, for instance, is what kind of people is that person going to appoint? Because people are policy. And, um, and, and we currently have, in the Trump administration, a government that is being run by people that don't believe in government. And it's hard to see them getting aggressive. The, 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 the disappointing thing that we've been seeing in so far as the big tech companies is that the Trump administration likes to use antitrust as a threat to work the refs, if you will, uh, so that Facebook, Google, folks like that will will give them the kind of coverage they think that they need and exposure they think they need to get reelected. That's not antitrust policy. No, certainly not. And I also think it's astonishing to see the information asymmetry between these tech giants and the CEOs and just the average Joe and Jane citizen. So I don't know if you saw the article that came out in the markup this morning talking about an internal Google memo circulated about how not to sound like they have a monopoly. So it's <laughs> don't say network effect, don't say dominant. We're helping consumers, not crowding out our competitors. So you have all of these very lawyered companies, and then you have consumers who, going back to an earlier conversation, feel like, hey, what's wrong with Facebook? I get to connect with my friends. It's free in air quotes. And what's, what's wrong with that? I want that to keep going. So what are your kind of solutions to how we should be approaching antitrust regulation in this era of soft assets? Well, I think, first of all, uh, uh, Kevin, we need, to, we need to recognize that while antitrust enforcement is important, needs to be pursued, it is, as we've said, uh, mired in old precedents. It is uncertain in terms of outcome, particularly when you factor in the Chicago School discussion we had and it is reliably slow. You know, the, the, the Microsoft case ran on for, what, nine or ten years. The AT&T breakup was, was, uh, was ten years. These are, these are full employment acts for lawyers who uh, can drag it out forever. And you get to the end, and there's finally some kind of decision made, and, oh, my golly, the world's a different world. And so, so I, I want to emphasize 
antitrust enforcement is really important, particularly on the going in and looking at mergers and, 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 and proving those mergers. But we need something that's more agile as well. We need something that can deal with the realities in real time and can deal with them ex ante rather than ex post. And that's regulation. Um, and so I think the time has come when we need to be talking about what regulatory policies, in addition to antitrust policy, are we going to put in place for the dominant digital companies of the time? And, and how are we going to deal with their behavioral questions? And, and my concept, you know, you're, you're a budding lawyer. My concept our, our kinds, and I should say that this is not just me, that I've been working on a project with Phil Verveer and Gene Kimmelman um, up at uh, the Harvard Kennedy School, which will get published uh, later this month uh, in, in August. And our concept is that we need to go back to first principles and that basic common law principles of a duty of care and a duty to deal need to be the four corners of a regulatory philosophy that then establishes the ability of a government agency to make calls about, is this company exercising a duty of care? Is this company exercising a duty of deal? And, and to do it in an agile way, because one of the problems with the regulatory structures that we have in place today is they were put in place in the industrial era using industrial management techniques, you know? And, and, and so, you know, what was, what were industrial management techniques? Well, you had a guy on the floor and he was a guy on the floor who followed a set of rules and a supervisor above him who makes sure that he followed the rules and a manager above the supervisor to make sure that they were all following the rules. And we're surprised that we end up with a rules-based bureaucracy, you know, and, and, and no company gets, no digital company gets managed that way anymore. It's all agile regulation. It's all distributed authority and responsibility. But we haven't gotten there in government. So how do we bring those kinds of philosophies into government, which means that the government can be responsive to the kinds of changes that digital technology brings? One thing I love that you said, Tom, is that it really comes down to the people. People are policy here. So with that in mind, we like to think about what our listeners, our fixer community, can be doing to make common sense antitrust regulation commonplace again. You know, we'd love to understand, from your point of view, what can our fixers be doing? Obviously, not all of them are policy making, but how can they be evaluating candidates from this lens of, are they knowledgeable enough to enforce common sense antitrust regulation in government? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure that, that it makes sense to have an antitrust discussion or uh, any kind of uh, detailed uh, uh, discussion, but it does make sense to say, I'm fed up and I'm not going to take it anymore. I know that my personal information is being purloined to be held captive by a handful of companies 
so that they can then dominate and manipulate what should be competitive markets. That's the theme. What are you going to do in that? And, and one of the answers would be, hey, we're going to do antitrust. Good. But we need to be saying to our leaders, like I said, we're fed up and we're not going to take it anymore. What are you going to be doing about the challenge of uh, turning my privacy into their asset, their corporate asset that they can use to dominate markets. Well, with that, fixers, please know that you can make a difference in this fight and you can make the protection of your data a bigger issue in this campaign, in this election, and help us hold big tech responsible. So, Tom, thanks for joining. It's great to have you on the show. Gentlemen, great to be with you. Thanks again, fixers, for tuning in. And be sure to use hashtag fixer to tell us how you're solving problems. Tweet us at fix underscore cast. And be sure to spread the word and subscribe. See you next time, fixers. <laughs>